not going back to the drawing board. Uh, felt really good out there. Um, you know, uh, fastball velocity was was pretty good. Uh, felt like some of my pitches were pretty sharp. Um, just got to continue to go out there and give this team a chance, and I didn't do that today. Um, so I got to go out there and compete. Um, you know, continue to command the zone better, uh, makes my pitches better, and and uh, and yeah, just uh, get this get this thing going. By almost any measure, Kevin Barker, statistically or just through the eye test, this is probably the worst four-game stretch Alec Manoa's had in his pretty young career. Yeah, I, I, I would think so. You know, uh, good for him to own it. Like, that's what you have to do. You just come out and say, I, I wasn't good enough. Next time I'll be better. I'll, I'll do my best to give my team a chance to win. You got to credit him. For being that way, for me, it's the sinker slider, right? It's the your righties are hitting 343, 12 for 35 off him last year. He absolutely destroyed right-handed hitters. They were scary. He's walked 10 10 left-handed hitters too in 56 plate appearances. So the walks against lefties, the average against righties, right? The slider sinker is very inconsistent. That's the one thing, right? It, and it started yesterday with the with the first batter of the game, Yandy Diaz. Now whether he did that on purpose. <laughs> by asking for a new ball and waited until Alec got up on the mound. Now, if he did it on purpose, it's genius. If he okay, did, ex- if, explain that. To well, me. Go well, because he's doing the. He Who? knew he Diaz. Knew, you're he, talking about. absolutely. He knew Alec's been struggling. He knew mentally he's been trying to find it. Right. It's he's a he's one of those guys that uses his emotions accordingly to have his pitches go where he wants them to go, and when they're not, he uses that intimidation factor. Now, I'm not even saying he did it on purpose, but, boy, it sure worked with the 35 pitches in that one inning just by all the things he does. The crowd was in it, right? He did his little stretch where he was over his head. He ran up. He had his eyes down. And then when he looked up, he was on the mound. Diaz was looking at the umpire and said, hey, can you get check the ball? I mean, it was genius just the way he flipped the ball. He walked off the mound. It just seemed like it sort of – and then he hits him in the back. Did he do it on purpose? Sure looked to me like it did. As a two-seamer, usually he ain't missing it by with a two-seamer. Two Not and by a, that much. Two and a half feet at the numbers. Yeah. I mean, that was up, up at the numbers. So you guys can think what you want to think. I thought it was on purpose. Was it smart? Eh, probably not. The way you've been going, you're facing one of the better teams in baseball. He's very confident. Led to a 35 pitch. What was it? 35, 35 pitch, pitch, three runs, inning. two hits, two yep. walks, a hit by a batter. So it's just a whole collection of everything. Give Alec. Credit and I and I did see something yesterday and I and I text you this that I rarely see. I saw Pete Walker come out. I think it might have been the first inning, and I actually put his hand on Alex's shoulder. Maybe I don't pay attention enough. What would that tell you? That he needs a little. That little okay. Because you're right. Normally Pete comes uh, out and just kind of cups up. his hand over his yeah, mouth. Yeah, it's an invasion and gives, of, and gives a pitcher his space as well. It's an invasion yeah. of space. Get away from me. I'm struggling. I don't like you. Don't touch me. <laughs> the only guy that I know does that's that dude for the Rangers. And I'm assuming that that would get a little old if you're a pitcher and you're struggling. Last thing you want is a grown man to come out and touch you. But it's just very odd. That Petey walked out, and that's the very first thing I'd noticed, that he took his left hand, put it on his shoulder, and he was having the conversation with him that way. So you could tell there's something the, going on there. I, I'm sure they'll figure it out, and they'll do things accordingly and go out and pitch better. Now, the Jays did take two of three from Tampa, and hands up if you thought that the starts by Jose Barrios and the Yusei Kikuchi would be the uh, two strongest the two strongest starts. Over Manoa, look at you guys. I call BS on that. You thought those two starts were going to be stronger than Manoa's. I, th- I thought there was a lot more pressure 
for those two guys to come out and have a good start. Burrios, the rubbers met the road with him. Alec Manoa's just going through something. He don't even know what right. it is. I will, we'll, so, go, yeah. we'll go back to the other two guys in a minute, but I, just, I do want to mention this. Alec Manoa, the velo at least was was up. It was pretty much where it, we've seen it when he's good, 93-6. That's good. Kevin, he got 43 swings. at 43 swings, 18 balls in play, 15 fouls, 10 whiffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, they weren't missing. Yeah, the only thing you need to know with those stats the you mentioned, he threw 28 sliders. He only had two swing and misses. Yes. That's all you need to know. Like, I, all the other things, yeah, the velocity was good. It looked like he was sitting in his delivery a little bit better. The release point wasn't so tall. He's still falling off, which he does a lot. He's a big man. It's hard to repeat that thing over and over and over again. You can even see him doing it right. He'll do that little with his right hand to make sure he gets it out there, finish the slider, where it's competitive. It's it a looks, tougher take. Kevin, he looks... They're non-competitive. Mechanically, he looks sloppy at times when he's on the mound. He's forcing it. He's thinking about it. Think What's that saying? Think long, think wrong. Baseball players are the worst at that. I used to be the worst. When you're struggling, the only thing you're not thinking about is executing. You're thinking about everything else. Where's my foot land? That's why you always see him. He'll go over and sort of move his, you know, sort of whatever, sweep away the dirt from his landing foot. It's He's searching. Like he's, uh, and that's, that's what, I, even if Yanni Diaz didn't do that on purpose, it yeah. worked. So it's sort of the, these are the kind of things, right? When you're struggling, you're going through things. The expectations for you are at the highest level. They know why you're supposed to do the things you're supposed to be doing, and that's the thing, right? That's why you see the hard hit percentage is way up. I mean, it's almost 44 and a half percent. The K percentage is is way down. The the walk percentage is way up. The pitches per inning are way up. It's almost 20 pitches per inning. Last year they were it was 15, right? The walks he said 15 walks and 19 and a third. It's the righty thing for me is a little worry, right? That's the sinker slider. The sinker, when it's a strike, it's coming out hot. He's locating it. It's a tougher take for a righty. They shouldn't be 12 for 35. <laughs> so um, you just simplify it, go out and try and locate that. He, For me, I'll say this. He ain't going to be able to live with a four-seamer. Brios can. He can't. Speaking of Brios, it was... Jose Burrios on uh, Friday, who helped the Jays snap that 13-game winning streak for the Rays. Jays won 6-3. You say Kikuchi on Saturday. Nine Ks. The Jays won 5-2. He thinks he's good. In that game. All right, let's let's talk about Burrios first of all. Um, <laughs> thinking back to that start and the first inning... And I think this is where I, I think this is where Jose Barrios. If this is the start of something, then I think we can pinpoint that at bat against Randy Rosarena. Randy Rosarena first inning, statues a man, two breaking pitches. Jose Barrios. That's one of the few times he's looked really pissed off at something. He looked in, he nodded, and then he went to work on on Randy Rosarena, striking him out. I think when we look back, if this year turns around, we're going to look at that at bat because that was Jose Brios looked. He had a little bit of vinegar to him in that at bat, and it carried over through much of the game. He left after five innings after getting hit on the uh, was hit on the knee by a line drive, and apparently uh, it's fine. He's scheduled to make his next start uh, Wednesday against the Astros. 
but talk about his outing and about that at bat in particular. And and because I know Caleb made the point in the radio about that at bat, and I had a couple of people say to me, "What do you like? Why would he take offense?" I said, "It's not that he's taking. It's not necessarily that he's taking offense. It's just that there is a, as you would say, a." a mano a mano aspect to this game. Mm-hmm. And when Randy Rosarina is basically, I'm not even offering that. I mean, I'm just yeah, not. It's American League. This is American League East. Uh, the, the Blue Jays and you are know trying to Randy the bully on the block. And, and Randy, yes. Ro- Randy Rosarina, you let's, know his reputation. He likes being a bully. Let, let's be honest. The Rays are the bully on the blocks, not the Yankees, not the Red right. Sox, not the Blue Jays. It's the little engine that could. We and can't call them stand, that anymore. Well, I mean, when your when your payrolls like in the seventy million range, and everybody else in the American League East, I get, I think beside the Orioles, are way above that, probably doubled that. See, I think yeah, the- you are the little engine that could, and they're the they're the bullies on the block. And for again, look, I I I think it's more that he made the adjustment. Two seamer for him ain't working. He just ain't. And you're going to have to go away to a righty. You're going to have to go away to a lefty. That means with the four-seamer, you're going to have to have command glove side, arm side. If he can do that, we'll make the slur, curveball. And, oh, by the way, now you got the arm speed on the changeup because you're locating a few more, you know, ticks on the, uh, on the fastball away to both sides of the plate. That for me and Danny Jansen, give John Snyder credit. I was, I was ready for, for, for uh, Kirky to be the catcher. But it wasn't. It's Danny Jansen. Now, yeah. whatever reason that was for me, Danny Jansen is a wider target. He sets up wider. He's a bigger man. It's easier for you to start at him because it's, quite frankly, a bigger, wider target. Okay, and, and I think that had a lot to do and, with it. And, and let's explain that a bit because it's something John Schneider talked about when he joined us. Uh, the fact that you talked about you want Jose Burrios to have good misses. Yep. And the idea is wider target, set up outside more. Yep. And so that's going to miss. So when you miss, you miss. You're not missing in the mm-hmm. zone. You're missing. Yep. And for for it, it's funny because we talk about what a chunky guy Alejandro Kirk is. He's a small target behind the plate because he, he gets, gets down on one knee. He gets skinny he gets behind skinny. the plate. Whereas Jano, we know he does the wide, the wide spread. Yeah. So if I if I'm Jose Barrios, I can aim at his right knee. And that thing ends up at his target, which is his glove, which is right down the middle. Right. But right down the middle, because of where he sets up, is off the plate, right? Yep. You, you could see Danny was, on purpose, setting up a way to yes. a righty off the plate. So if I'm Barrios, I'm starting that thing at his right knee, which is Danny Jansen's right knee. That thing ends up at his catcher's mitt, which is off the plate. That's the key thing. For whatever reason, his heater don't play. End of story. We've seen enough of it. It ain't play. So that means your misses almost have to be perfect. Now, his misses weren't perfect, but he threw enough early in the game so they would respect that. They took some strikes out there, which got them in swing mode. Now you get them swinging out there, and now all of a sudden you miss with one on the plate. They foul that off and don't hammer that because they have to, I don't want to say dive out over the plate to hit it, but they got to respect it, and they got to think getting it out front. You can't let that travel. I mean, throws hard enough. Can't let it travel. You got to catch it out in front of the plate. That's when you start getting misses. You start getting weaker contact. You go a little bit deeper in games. The changeup was a lot better. That's a weapon it was for better. him because was of his better. fastball command. Yeah. And now third time through because you don't abuse the two-seamer, now you can start sprinkling that in there. Yeah, I said it. Third time through because you can get to third time through. 
Because your misses are a lot better and you're giving your team a chance to win. That's what I said. Reverend 15, met the road. 15 change-ups. Good the, for him. 15 change-ups, six swings, only two balls in he play. He just which enough is what of you want. Just enough of All right, let's shift to Saturday's game, a 5-2 win, you say, Kikuchi. Um, John Schneider said after the game he was on the attack. The only run came in a Taylor Walls home run. Uh, one walk, four strikeouts. Velo was at 95 consistently. Gave up four what hits. Have I been th- what have I been yelling and screaming about Yusei Kikuchi ever since I saw him with my son sitting in the stands in a spring training game, and I text you and said, what's going on? Why is he throwing 92? I've been yelling and screaming that forever. He ain't living at 92. He does, he can get hammered because his secondary pitches a lot of the time stink. Let's say it. They mm-hmm. do. But if it's 95, 96, 97, it's like Barrios, right? Just the misses. You have to have the velocity. Chris Bassett says the same thing. Chris Bassett's breaking balls live somewhere in that 70-mile-an-hour to 75-mile-an-hour range. He needs the uptick in velocity at 92, 93, 94. So when he does miss, he's a human being. He's not always going to pinpoint that thing. Occasionally, he's going to miss, hang it. But because they have to trust it, that's the same thing with all of these guys, basically, right? Kevin Gosman's no different. Every guy needs that velocity. That's why we talk about it early in the season. And for Yusei Kikuchi to come out and be able to locate that, he's locating it both sides now, and he elevates it, and he does it with confidence. You've said it. That little extra mm, at the end will tell you mechanically he's trusting that. He's not worried about all the pushing the buttons. They're doing it for him. He's got a good game plan, but he's got velocity. Like, he thinks now I can throw – a fastball to a fastball hitter and a fastball count and get away with it. That's a big deal for a dude that's your number five guy. He took a big step forward right now. He's added a little bit of slider, right? He's got the cutter he's married to. It's like his security blanket. He's going to, whether you like it or not, I think it gives him a a chance to hit it. I don't like it, but who am I? If he's going to throw as hard as he's throwing, he can get away with some bad cutters down the middle. He's added the slider. We saw a few of those that were 86, 87. He's got the split change that he throws just enough to get some weak contact and some swing and misses. How can you argue what he's doing, right? And I think it's sort of those two guys, I think they've had enough. Like, they've had enough of me and you and everybody else coming on here going, what's the, what's wrong with that? They're big leaguers. They've been around forever. Make an adjustment. Go out there and dominate a guy every once in a while. And I think that's sort of, and you're seeing Alec Manoa struggle with that, right? He's struggling with everything that it takes that sophomore second full season that everybody knows you now. And when you don't and have your don't best buy the stuff sophomore, now, I don't buy the sophomore. Well, I've thing. been in it before. I don't like buy the, the, the Teams make teams. adjustments. They take pitches. Yandy D, right? There's little things that you teams, notice. Teams, team, Kevin, teams, te- teams make adjustments all season long. They it, yeah, but I think they make adjustments all season. There's think, nothing to the sophomore jinx. Nothing. Okay. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Uh, your opinion. Yeah. There's nothing to it. If you if you can make an adjustment in season the way Alec Manoa did last year, you can make an adjustment. Uh adjustment. Yeah, I don't really think he had to make an adjustment in season. It. He was throwing hard, the ball was moving all over the place. He was dominating righties from spring training. Well, yeah. he didn't have what adjustment he have to make. I, I don't think that uh anyhow. Well, we'll see. The two I, I hope you're right. The two-seamer, his two-seamer, and his slider need to be better. So, you say Kikuchi's next start is at Yankee Stadium against the Yankees. The He's Jay- been good about with the Yankees, Yes, he right? has. Yeah. Yes, he has. The yeah. Jays have three games against the Astros starting tonight. Uh, 8-10 first pitch on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet. A reminder, Mr. Barker and myself will be doing Blue Jays talk after 
the games, the Astros series. They've got a day off. Then they go to New York to take on the Yankees. Right now, if you look at, at yesterday's matchups, it would be Alec Manoa against Garrett Cole. Um, we'll talk about that in a few minutes because I want to take a deeper dive into Garrett Cole. But I also want to circle back to something I know you've been big on. You were talking about this on Friday. We look at the Jays, the top four batters in that lineup. Pretty good right now. But Kevin, runners in scoring position. Friday, two for 10. Saturday, three for nine. Sunday, one for 10. Yes, Shane McClanahan was awfully good yesterday. Awfully good yesterday. But they, and we'll hear a clip from Shane McClanahan later. First inning wobble for Shane McClanahan there. Well, most great ones, that's when you get them, right? Mechanically, yes, the get timing, them. the rhythm just was off, right? He didn't have the release point. The velocity wasn't there as much as it long was. Long first after. inning for the, for the long top of the first, well, pardon me. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, what does that say to you, though, runners in scoring position? Well, a lot of that's luck. You know, I, I think you walk up to a hitting coach and they'll say that. Uh, yeah, a lot of that's how how good your hitters are. Uh, you know, a lot of there's there's a handful of run producers in baseball. I, I, everybody rolls their eyes at that run producing thing and thinks as a team stat it ain't. The at bats have to be really good with runners on base. That's how the pitcher loses money. That's how the hitter gets money. Like it's a big deal driving in runs. Just a few stats here: Jays are 16th in, in home runs, 17th in home runs for runners in scoring position with only three. That's not very good, right? You know how you beat good pitching. Because they don't give up a ton of hits. Mm-hmm. You get a guy on second base, you run into one. That, that's that's how you do it. They're not doing a real good job of that. Runners in scoring position, you mentioned this with two outs. They are 30th at 148 hit, hitting. That's not great, right? I mean, you can't get much lower than that. They're, but they are seventh in runs with 80. So it is a little washed over, right? Because you you really dig into it. Brandon Belt has helped them zero, right? He's one for seven with one RBI. Varsho's four for 20. With, with four RBIs. He's hitting cleanup. Brandon Belt, when he plays, he's hitting sixth. I've told you this since the, when the season started. I said, because of who's hitting at the top of your order, and if Chapman's getting on base, it's those guys stacked around them that with two outs is going to have to come up with a big hit. Yeah, bats have to be better. You got to be ready to hit your pitch early in the count. Secondary pitches. Brandon Belt don't like the breaking ball. Varsho, by the way, don't like the breaking ball. This is what I said is it's... Crunch time, and Varsha is going to get a bunch of really good lefties. Like they're, they respect his power enough mm-hmm. as a manager, an opposing manager, to force his hand enough to have to go to a lefty. So you know what that means? I used to try and face lefties. What? They're going to get ahead of you with a fastball and give you nothing but a bunch of breaking balls. The yeah, bats have to be better. So, are you worried? Probably not. It's early in the season. They are scoring runs. Like I said, they're they're seventh. With 80, but that's a thing, right? When you're facing the elite guys, we talk about this team as an elite team. No, yes. Mm-hmm. When you're that and you're facing a Shane McClanahan who is a top-of-the-order guy, and I said this to you, what that means is if the top-of-the-order don't get, get him, you lose, which is what happened last night, right? That That's who he is. There's a handful of them dudes. Luis Castillo, I, you ever looked his stats up? He's throwing 114 fastballs, giving up one hit this year. That's the point is, right? If you're going to beat these elite dudes in the first inning, somebody's got to come up with two outs and run into one with the runners in scoring position. So I think that's sort of, you know, it'll get get better. They'll have better at bats. I was going to say, is there anything anything you do if you're John Schneider? I don't think you can, right? I mean, Varsho is what Varsho is. I've said this. This is why it was a surprise for him to hit cleanup. I know we got off to a hot start. 
But this is sort of he just really really doesn't. What are your options? Why get that's they don't have a cleanup hitter. I mean they do. He's hitting second. I'll say it for you. But he's getting a bazillion hits, and there's nobody to hit second. Yep. You don't want not, to take his at bat away to give it to somebody else. I, I know you're playing for the big inning, but you may not even get to him to get the big inning. Is the point? So. Yeah, they don't have a cleanup hitter. I mean, Chad, I guess you put Chapman in that cleanup spot because he's been gotten off to a hot start, and I think he leads baseball in OPS, so I think he would be the guy you played the hot hand. But one of them lefties is going to have to start squishing the bug, getting it out front, and making people pay for some things. Again, it's early in the season. You don't want to panic, but the numbers don't lie. right? They're hitting clean up. For a reason, and the fifth and sixth and seventh guy, you know, Kirky's gotten a little better. He's, his bat looks a little quicker. Brandon Belt looks one for seven with an RBI is how he looks. I mean, he's hitting a buck 40. I know he's had some couple of good games there, but those that's what I'm saying, right? You you got to – there's they're going to face some really good pitching, and they're going to have to – good pitching don't give up a ton of hits, but you can bridge them a couple of times, and that's what you're trying to do, right, is you're trying to get a guy on. Somebody comes up. And creates a little backspin, runs into one, and and gives an Alec Manoa a two-run cushion. That's that's all. So not a worry, but it is a concern of where. What if what well, if the, what if Barsho goes takes a slide here? Yeah, well, I, I was. What if Brandon Bell gives you nothing? Like it's you know. Well, it's I mean, call, I, right? I, I, and I was about to say now you've got the the schedule here. Ooh. You've got the Astros. You got the Yankees. You got the White Sox. You've got the Mariners. Coming in, you've got a lot of pitching. You got a lot of velo. You got a lot, a lot, a lot of velo. Uh, I know there's velocity throughout the game. I think they're used to that, though. It's I more think the breaking that's, balls and, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got some really accomplished pitchers. You're going to see Javier Urquidy and Garcia against the Astros. Um, you do miss Framber Valdez, which is you know the bowling benefit, ball, the bowling ball. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm with you. This uh, this this is a top heavy lineup. It is what they're getting, and and I would even say is you know as good as George Springer's been. It's really been Bichette Guerrero and Springer as well, and Chapman that have really kind of that. But I actually no, I'd say Bichette Guerrero and Chapman have been the guys that have. Now Vladdy, <clears throat> I get the impression from hearing a few things John Schneider was saying that. They think Vladdy's just, he's pressing a little bit right now. Is that what you're seeing as well? Uh, yeah. Is it, is but, it as simple as saying that? It, it is, but you would think Vladdy's a good enough hitter and an experienced enough hitter by himself that he wouldn't do that anymore. Why is he doing that? I, he ain't making enough money this year? Like, no. Oh, that's what I, I'm saying. Like, why, 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 we, we need to turn the page on that. And he is. You can tell he's overswinging. He's frustrated because he's opening the front side. He's, he's, when you overswing, it looks exactly the See, way it looks. Don't you it think? It starts back behind his swing. The barrels dip below his body and he's playing catch up. That's why he hits a bunch of ground balls or he misses it and fouls off balls instead of just quiet. Short Don't. and quick to the ball, and the ball jumps off his back because it's second to none. And you, we need to turn the page. Like he needs to turn the page. He's too old for that as a hitter, as a player, as a as just an elite offensive player. That we okay. shouldn't have that conversation. Dangerous. Anymore. This is a dangerous conversation to have. Well, because, why are we be, because no, no, the, this is a dangerous conversation to have because I think we have to be careful when when we compare Bichette and Guerrero all the time. But is there anything Vladdy can take from Bo? No, the different hitters. Different I hitters. understand they're different hitters, but in terms of approach, um, well, Vladdy has had some hits to right field, so I'm sure he's seen his buddy going over there all the time. That I'm sure is this is good as, you, lot, is this as good as you've seen Bo 
Like, is this just well, a continuation I, I, of September? I, I, for hit, hits-wise, but I, I think occasionally they're going to need him to get the head out and hit a homer. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, look, look there, you can't argue how many hits he's getting, and nor would I. I mean, it's impressive stuff to do, be able to do what he does on breaking balls and fastballs. But occasionally, I mean, elite guys, again, this is the graduation thing. This is what I've just mentioned with Vladdy. We shouldn't be having the conversation mm-hmm. trying too hard. <laughs> okay. That's I, not tr- a, I tried too hard. I understand your I point. It's not his second year anymore. It's not. You're a veteran. Why are you trying you're, too hard? You're a veteran. You Absolutely. know what you are. You were an MVP you're candidate. You're elite. Show that you're elite. That's yeah. my. I'm not saying he's, he's not <laughs> gotten off to a good year, but to even hear your manager come out and even halfway say that, yeah. it's just I don't. I roll my eyes at it and I wonder why. Like it's odd. And we'll ask John about that when we get him on next Do you or this think week. In any way, shape, or form, it's contract related. Uh, maybe. You seem to think it's more about the family thing. You know, his dad make money. I, I think that's, I think that is just the opposite. What do you mean by that? No, no, no. I no. could care less what no, my family, I, I just, what my dad, or who, how much money. I want to make money. No, I said, in, I was saying in comparison to, I, I mean, let's face it. There's kind of this, well, I'll just say it. You know, there's this thing out there that every player from the Dominican Republic is in a hurry to sign a big contract, and that team's going to take advantage of them. Look at the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves have taken advantage of guys. I, I, I mean, you yeah, cannot you, you cannot that. put it any other way. They've taken advantage of guys. And I think there's a conception out there, a preconception that, well, we can sign every Dominican guy for cheap because they're all from poor families and they'll the, which is, you know, which is which is bull for the most it part. Is. I mean, I, let me not for the most part, but in the case of guys who are major league players. Like trust me, Vladdy's family's well taken care of. Uh, and that's, that's all. A, that's that's a all. Good point. That's all yeah. I'm saying. I'm not. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Everybody in baseball, your sense of worth is determined largely by what somebody will pay you. That's any job. That, it's, <laughs> but especially in baseball, because oh. because the salaries are public. Everybody there knows what everybody else is making. Everybody can go. Wait a minute. This guy's making this. I got this much service time. I'm a better player. How come I'm doing making this? And this guy's making this. Yeah, nobody's starving. That's not the point. The point is you want to be paid what you think you're worth. All I said about Vladdy was I think people sometimes don't understand that there are players from the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico and Venezuela who can play contractual hardball with the best of them. Absolutely. He's one of them. That's all I'm saying. Sure. And and Vladdy's not going to cut anybody a hometown discount. Nor should he. No, absolutely not. That's why I'm saying I agree with here. I agree with the, what the, with that. The advance would tell you yes. I can't. I'm imagine. not. I'm not going to sit here and speak for him and say that that's the. I would never do that. I, I have no idea. Nor do you. Or nor does no. anybody else. The at bats would say yes. Early in the season, you know the the couple of home runs that he just missed opening day here. Look like he's trying to hit a homer. He's you try to hit homer, you hit big. You just miss pitches. When that's one of my point is yeah. short and quick, stay within yourself because you have elite everything. Ball will leave back because the way it's supposed to leave because of the way your mechanics are. I hope that's not the case because they're going to need him to hit forty. I we, said it forty. We uh, at least we have got tickets to give away, and we'll do that in the next hour. Jason Stark of the Athletic joins us as well. To talk about that weird pitch clock violation over the weekend. Weird? And how with Cody Bellinger. That's not weird. It was just that's dumb. Well, dumb. Thank you. We also got to talk about the whole Domingo Herman, the, the 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 Yankees thing, where basically the uh, everybody there gets hurt. 
No, where the the umpires let I mean the umpires basically gave uh, gave the Yankees pitcher three opportunities to clean his hands. What what what's a, what's We'll talk what's about up that. With you and umpires all of a sudden. No, you don't like we'll it. Talk about that. You Steve Sparks, like the radio broadcaster of the Houston Astros. Welcome to my side. The Astros are seven nine to start the season. Yeah, you worried? Are they good enough? I don't, no believe, I don't believe in hangovers. I think their pitch is good enough. I I do think that uh, I do think that Alex Bregman needs to show up. You wonder, don't you? Because uh, he's hitting the buck ninety four with seven RBIs. Yeah, I I every every other stat. Jeremy Pena. Look, I think he's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start, but he he's got an excuse. Sure, I mean, he, he dominated last year. He's MVP. Everything. Alex Bregman. Their their pitching's been good enough. They're I, I think some uh, guys in their bullpen maybe. Need to work some things out. Yeah, to answer mm. your questions, absolutely, they're they're good enough. Shout out to Bo Bichette, by the way, 500th career hit on Friday. Rakes, man. Rakes, fastest of any oh, Blue Jays player. Like it's bat to ball skills is second to none. He's freakish. Uh, he's borderline unicorn. And I say that mechanically. No human does that. And then you talk to people. I talked to Edwin about what he does in the cage and him where he puts the T. Mm. I mean, it's just Edwin's like, you can't, you can't even watch it. Like, it's like, what are you doing? I wonder how much of that goes... <laughs> I wonder how how much of that goes back to the fact that the dude played a lot of tennis as a kid. Like his his I hand, his hand, I'm sure it didn't hurt. His hand, yeah. I, I'm 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 dead serious. That's crazy. You know, like when when Vladdy Senior was on a roll, his hitting coach uh, Mickey Hatcher said, "Watching Vladdy Senior at the plate is watching is like watching somebody play tennis because they just he's going to yeah. make contact with the ball. He's going to make but contact occasionally with, the ball. with with a runner on second and two outs. I'd yeah. like to instead of seeing him try to go the other way, maybe get that foot down a little sooner. Oh. Well, history was not made in Toronto this weekend, but history was made in the AL East in the Bronx. We'll tell you about it. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we have trivia in the next hour. Give away Jay's tickets. Jason Stark joins us. Steve Sparks. So we got Stark and Sparks. Yes. The old knuckleballer Steve Sparks will join us to uh, talk about the Astros. Did you guys have when... uh, I can't remember. I, they, were, they were never really good, right? So you really no. didn't. Like, it was never a really good knuckleball guy that I faced. It wasn't. Yeah, they were, by the that point, guys. it was. No. I, I faced the ones that were awful and that were trying to, whatever they were trying, trying to do. Trying to hang on. And I had my tongue hanging out trying to hit it and screw me up. For did the you guys ever have dudes who threw knuckleballs in batting practices prep for knuckleball no, games? No, I would punch them in the face. Okay. No, but I'm saying if you're facing a knuckleballer, guys who would throw knuckleballs in batting practice. That's called overthinking it. Yeah. Um, hey, you know what time it is? It's, it's is Monday. It? It's Monday. Your favorite. In the East. Jesus. The amount of work I put into this. Yes. Every Monday morning. Why does your misery make me happy? Or... Yeah, you know, it's just that there are so many, uh... so many of the team's websites just suck when it comes to getting video. They just do. Uh, I'm sure it's great. Oh, let's God. listen to it. Just looking for Orioles clips is like, no, it's like, uh, what? anyhow, whatever. Well, 
Not just the AL East, Kevin Barker. The entire baseball world's focus was on Toronto this weekend. Did you know that? I did not. Well, they was. Uh, the Rays had their rendezvous with history snapped after back-to-back losses. The Blue Jays put their 13-game winning streak. Put it to bed. But, uh, well, uh, their 8-1 win over the Jays yesterday. Well, salvaged a bit of the weekend with Shane McClanahan blowing away the Blue Jays and, and Alec Manoa. <laughs> frankly, in a battle of Cy Young candidates. Now, both pit- pitchers struggled early. You know, Manoa's struggles we've talked about, but me McClanahan also had his issues, right? He gave up the walk to Springer, gave up singles to Bo, singles to Vladdy. And uh, at that point, even though he was leading 3 nothing, his pitching coach, Kyle Snyder, came out to talk to him. Very rare that you see... Can you remember a Manoa... A Manoa, a, a game involving two pitches of that caliber where the pitching coaches were out that early rare. to talk to guys. Rare. It was rare. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, uh, this is what Shane McClanahan had to say about his start and about Kyle Snyder coming out to talk to him. No, I, I, I didn't even notice that. Um, I was I was just too locked in. I, whatever happened, happened. And um, no, I, I just I felt good. Um, at first batter, just kind of let it get away from me. And just uh, I, I was really sick of walking people, truthfully. And uh, it was a, just one of those things where I'm like, let's just fill it up and see what happens. How about that? Well, that's what he did. Just get tired of it. I got really good stuff. I bet you can't hit it. Here it is. See if you can. You can't. All quarters of the strike zone with 98. That's pretty good. Unpredictable with two strikes. You got the slow breaking ball and the Bugs Bunny changeup, right? I I mean, unless you take away something that he does really well, which is everywhere in the strike zone. You try and think, right? You split it in half. You give him one half. Well, what if he can live on both halves? And what mm-hmm. do you do? Well, it looks like it looked last night. Josh Lowe's... Uh, Two out, two run single with the bases loaded. That kind of highlighted that difficult inning for Manoa. Uh, in addition to hitting Yandy Diaz with the first pitch of the game. And this was Kevin Cash on the significance of that hit. That was big. You know, uh, Manoa is such a good pitcher. When you when you get him out of sync a little bit, you want to be able to capitalize. I think we wanted to get greedy there and not get just one. J-Lo hung in there and, and was able to get a ball to score two. The Rays lineup is is... It's a lot better than people give them credit for. Isn't yeah, it? well, you got to be real smart. You got to read bats with them really well. Like if if a, if a dude is super seven days late on your fastball, don't flip him something else. And that's sort of what happened there, right? Uh, Lau was really late on the heater. Like he was fouling a bunch of balls over uh, off the, over the third base side. Why flip him something? Why speed it up? Why give him a chance? Why give yourself a chance to throw it down the middle? Yeah. That, for me, is sort of, it wasn't so much about the hitter. To give the hitter credit, he took advantage of a bad pitch. It was just, why are you throwing it? What Alec was really good with last year was reading bats. He said it out loud. I'm really mm-hmm. good at that. I take it's pride in that. Thing. Right, it's absolutely. an old school thing. Absolutely. I don't need that catcher telling me what to do. I'm reading this bat. If he's slow, I'm going to keep throwing it to him. Why didn't you throw it to him there? You might have gotten him out. Maybe the game would have ended up a little differently. But you move on, you learn from it, you get better for it. Christian Betancourt had a three-run homer to make it 7-1, to one, and that pretty much put the game to bed. And, and he said afterwards he thought that maybe after that that pickup on Friday and Saturday, this was kind of the way the Rays, you know, the Rays were maybe getting back to playing the way they, they played during their streak. Today we played like how we were playing the first 13 games in the season. We were, uh, we were hitting the ball. We were putting out really good at-bats. We were quality at-bats. We were running. We were uh, making contact. We were keeping the line going. We were uh, trusting the guy behind us. And, you know, that's, that's a big part of our game. And, and you know, uh, we all know that's what we need to do if we want to get to where we want to be. 
I'm going to ask you this, Kevin. Now that we've seen the Rays up close, and yes, the 13-game winning streak is... Uh-huh. Uh, you call them the bullies on the block in the AL. They are. Th- th- this is... Now, they lost Jeffrey Springs for a while on, on Friday uh, with an injury. They are going to get Tyler Glasnow back. They got enough, don't they? Maybe. I mean, it's it's a, it's about that. If they get Glasnow back and he's healthier and they can get him for the stretch run, don't even look like they need him now, right? That That's why they're taking He's coming time. back. No, they're saying he's coming back I, at the end of I May. I understand latest. that, but they're going to be real careful with it, sure. right, when it's back. They'd yep. rather have that in September and October. Yep than they would early in the season because of the way they started the season. Absolutely. Do they have enough hitting is the question, right? It's the elite pitching that they will face. Can they get enough hits against elite pitching and run into a couple? It's like that, right? It's the bloop and the bomb against the Shane McClanahan's of the world when you're facing them. That's the only thing. But if their rotation can go deeper and take a little pressure off of Kevin Cash in that pin, absolutely they got enough. Uh, Meanwhile, I mentioned that there was history made in the Bronx. Uh, on Sunday. The Yankees haven't lost a season series after splitting with the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins. The fourth time in the last 67 years the Yankees have won or split each of their first five series. They haven't done it since 2010. Kevin Garrett Cole. I mean, he was the story in Sunday's win. Ten strikeouts, one walk, complete game. Kevin, he's 4-0. His ERA is 0.95. 32 punches and four starts. Just the second Yankees pitcher in the last 65 years to have an ERA that low through his first start. He is the first pitcher in Yankees history, which is a big deal when you can say Yankees history, to have a sub-1 ERA and at least 30 strikeouts through his first four appearances of a season. Next up for him, the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, they got to hit homers. That, that's his thing, right? He, he'd rather give up a solo homer than walk. You'd re- Okay, if he's going to do that, hit three or four of them. You know, you can win a game four to nothing that kind of way by hitting a homer. He's throwing at people like he's mad at them. And when you're mad at him, you can locate the way he does and his secondary pitches. Again, it's like Shane McClanahan. When you're, you can be unpredictable with two strikes. Let me. I had some lead stuff when you can add velocity to the fastball, locate it to both sides of the plate, and elevate it to a left-handed hitter when you have to elevate so, velocity. I, how do you hit it? You don't. We know that Alec Manoa called out Garrett Cole, literally called out Garrett Cole uh, after a start at Yankee Stadium. Remember that? the sticky stuff. Uh, well, it, I think it, that's it, what it was, right? No, no. It was He was yapping at him for something. He basically said, come past the Mercedes-Benz sign. Remember that comment? The Mercedes-Benz in front or something mercedes-benz or something is in front of the yankees dugout uh look we talked about alec manoa we talked about emotion we talked about how jose barrios it was good that he got a little angry at randy or didn't hurt you want manoa going head to head with garrett cole right i now. want manoa to be able to throw a sinker where he wants it to go would and you put him out there though to be in, competitive intentionally That's what I want. would you let him go no, it's head-to-head. lined up that way isn't it? i think so. i think because of the days off it's lined up that way they're both pitching on saturday no sunday Saturday. 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 I don't, no, I don't care. I'm lining it up. You go out there and you make your start when you're supposed to make it. Are you going to skip him a day just so he can pitch against Garrett Cole? Absolutely not. He's his own worst enemy right now. Uh, one Yankee who won't be in the lineup. And boy, th- this is a shock, right? Giancarlo Stanton has gone on the I.L. with the hamstring injury. There's Seventh I.L. stint since the start of 2019. That That's a, Yeah, That's when a you're an everyday time. D.H., it is. What's wrong with you? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Say He's a that cheeseburger, again. maybe seventh seventh IL stint since the start of 2019, <sighs> and basically you're a DH up until this year because they want you to play a little right because you're not really good at routines DHing. 
You might be a better player that way. I Maybe you're too ripped. You think? You ever seen him? I mean, his quad's as big as my head. Like, it's... <laughs> I, that's, uh, that's a lot of IL stints. Yeah, it is a that's lot a of lot. IL stints. Meanwhile, if we take a look at the Baltimore Orioles, their top pitching prospect, Grayson Rodriguez, he's had a challenging start, to say the least, to his big league career. But give him credit yesterday. He mm-hmm. hung in after a four-run first inning, lasted five innings. The Orioles beat the Red Sox 8-4. to four. Eight whiffs, six strikeouts on 27 change-ups, a pitch that he is still tinkering with. That was his goal in the offseason. That was his goal in spring training. And Kevin, that outing was important because we've talked about overusing your bullpen and Brandon Hyde has said he's worried about overusing his bullpen the Orioles bullpen so far has logged 65 and two-thirds innings that's third highest in the majors mm-hmm. and for comparison's sake the Blue Jays they're I think 20th in baseball they've logged 57 and a third innings so essentially that's too much too, that's too, much too. but <laughs> essentially the Orioles have logged a full game more than the Blue Jays out of their bullpen now the Orioles do have Two off days this week, which should help. And this is an interesting stat that the, the Orioles PR department dug up. They've come back. The Orioles have come back to take the lead. Doesn't necessarily mean that they, mean that they've won, but they've come back to take the lead in six of their last seven games. And Cedric Mullins, who's who had a terrific weekend, was asked about that and asked about what it meant. Uh, just diligence in the box. You know, we uh, we take pride in having great at-bats, especially late in the game, and uh, to be able to put some runs up late is huge for offense. Okay, he talked about diligence in the box and really bearing down late in the Controlling game. Controlling the strike zone. Controlling Your the strike, strike zone. zone. Yes. Just don't swing at a strike because it's a strike until you have to swing at it. It's a giant difference, especially yep. with the hard throwers, as much as they throw secondary pitches now. You don't swing at it just to if, be swinging at it because it was a strike. If they can get Cole Irvin straightened around, if Grayson Rodriguez is good enough to hang in as a fifth starter. Yeah. I mean, well, I think that, Rodriguez, lineup, that lineup I, I is a yeah, lot better than people want to give him well, credit second for. Runs, their second runs with 94. Mount Castle is underrated. Yes. He's got six homers. She does things, right? He, and he hasn't and faced the Jays, Blue Jays yet. He's a killer, too. <laughs> yeah, they're 29th in starter ERA. Yeah, what you mentioned, uh, yeah. Kyle Gibson, Cole Irvin, Dean Kramer. Like, you get those guys rolling. I, rolling. I don't even know what the definition of that would mean, rolling. The opportunity to not have to bring a bullpen guy in in the fourth inning, maybe that's rolling mm-hmm. for them. They score enough runs. They play good enough defense. They will be a thorn in somebody's American League side if they figure out that rotation. Just because of the way they score runs, but their superstar catcher, the way he calls the game, he's got swag. Dare I say it matters. Yeah. And now you got Rodriguez, who sort of finally, I went through this, got away from the home fans, your first start. Now it's about mechanical things, right? You talked about he's working on a certain pitch. He's working on pace. That's a big thing right now. You're sort of more honed in on that than you are everything going around you. Everything in the big leagues, Jeff, is bigger. You show up there. The sooner you get over that, the better off you will be and the longer you will stay as a big leaguer. So it only bodes havoc for the American League East teams to have to face a guy like that. He's a hard throw. He throws a slider. So, yeah, they're going to be a pain in the you-know-what all and year. last but not least, the Red Sox will play the Angels this morning in the traditional Boston Marathon game at Fenway Park. I've covered a couple of those. Nightmare. Um, the Red Sox, though, they're looking to sweep the four-game series. And, Kevin, every team in the AL East is a 500. 
All five teams are at 500. Here it is. De- Devers is an MVP candidate. He's got seven bigs. And was he talking about home runs? Well, they're third and run score, which is a big deal. Here's again. We get, we just talked about the Orioles. Like, I, sort of like a theme in the American League East that you can outbop people. Like, you can score enough runs to keep you decently mm-hmm. over 500. Chris Sale's been atrocious. His ERA is over 11. Uh, Corey Kluber looks old as you know what, right? He, his, uh, he walks way too many. Over four walks per nine innings. ERA is almost seven. Like, if you can get those two dudes figured out, the way they score runs, Endeavor's a MVP candidate. I think got a decent chance they're going to be, you know, they're going to be tough to play going into Boston, which is the goal there, right? Mm-hmm. I think l- losing stinks. When you spend as much money as they do, and especially when you drop as much money on, a, on an all-star like Devers is, you're expected to be better than what you are. So, you know, Chris Sale owns it all the time, you know, sort of that that thing, you know, a lot of talk, go out and prove it. Maybe they can figure those two guys out and be competitive all year. American, American League East is, is tough. You noticed that? Two weeks into the season. Who's been your surprise team in the East? Can be good surprise, can be bad surprise. I'm going to say the Orioles hanging in. Yeah, I think it's early for that. Look, I, I think they're, they've shown you that you can hang in it with bullpen and good enough hitting. They have enough superstars. They'll throw enough arms at you to stay relevant for at least a little while. Uh, I, I mean, can I dare I say the Blue Jays? I don't even look. Yeah, I'll say the Blue Jays because I thought the rotation would hit the ground running. Okay, and it hasn't, except one guy. Mm-hmm. You got you, you need predictability. That's what that's what a hundred were to win team. That's why I didn't come on here saying that because you didn't really know what you were going to get right. And now you know. I know you roll your eyes at the sophomore thing, the second full season, and maybe it's not a thing. But sort of look like Alec Manoa is trying to figure out who he is again and figure out all the things that it takes to get Dom, you know, get people out and go deeper in games. I'm going to say the Jays. I know the Jays' record's good enough, but I thought that I thought their record should probably be a little better. I, Yankees look the injuries will be what derails them from where they want to go. Right? What I read some stat where Major League High going into Sunday, 11 injured list stints. Mm-hmm. That's the most in baseball. That's a lot, right? It's sort of that was what's going on. And they're hanging their hat on Josh Donaldson. Last yep. time I checked, what was he? He was hitting. He was two for 16 with six, six Ks. He's coming back yeah. Wednesday. A whole lot of French. Not a whole lot, whole lot of French and Cordero happening with that team. So, you know, their, their rotation, yeah. again, it gets back to their rotation. If their rotation is healthy, it might be one of the top three or four best in baseball. But healthy is a big word for the New York Yankees. So, I mean, when's, when's Carlos Rodon coming back? When's Luis Severino coming back? A month from now, a month and a half from now, and you two, have, two months from now? And the like, question, they need them. And the question with those two is when, especially especially with Severino, maybe less so with Rodon, but when Severino comes back, how long is he going to be back? Because he's always going to be back. I mean, you can IL. also throw the Rays in there, too, because, the again, nobody expected them to go 13-0. and 0. But, but I think they are but, what they are. Okay, let's put their, it this their, way. Their if, if pitching I'd is say, really good. But if I'd said to you that, through two weeks, the Rays would be in first place in the East. You'd I, go, would, yeah, okay, I would I buy that, that just because of their the the schedule that they started off with. They started off with some atrocious teams. You still got to go out and beat them. But their rotation with Shane McClanahan, he's elite. I don't think we give him enough credit. He's no, left, he, hey, Jay, he's left-handed. You're facing a bunch of right-handed hitters. Not a ton of really good left-handed hitters in baseball. There's a lot more right-handed hitters. To say that you have to... Be unpredictable, dare I say that, with a guy that's left-handed that throws almost 100 consistently. 
with two strikes. That's what you can hang your hat on, right? You need that one-two punch going into the playoffs. If they can get Glassnow back with the bullpen that they'll have, Kevin Cash, I mean, they got the smartest cargo shorts in the world there. It's like, they, Jeff, they do things that are like, I I would love to walk up to Yandy Diaz and go, tell me the truth. Don't lie to me. Did you do it on purpose? Because if you did, it's genius. It makes total sense. Like, I know he didn't. Well, how do you worked. know he did? Because I, I mean, there's like, you just the way he was standing there. He sure looked like he did it on purpose. All the things that Alec does, and the crowd was fired up, and he was getting the crowd fired up by that thing. And and then he walks in the mound, he had his head down, he looks up, and Diaz is like, Can you check the button? <laughs> I mean, that's better than calling the timeout. It worked. You know what it did? It took it. He was so gung ho about the first pitch of the game, it totally looked like it wrecked it. Mm-hmm. I had such a good game plan. As soon as I was standing on the rubber, and he just sort of screwed it up. I'm by. I'm believing it because I want to believe it. That a dude's smart enough to do, do you that. Think with all those crowds, all the fans yelling and screaming. Very, very quickly before we take this break and bring Jason Stark in. At any point, do you look at the combination of uh, Manoa and uh, Kirky and maybe throw Dano, uh, Jano behind there? I think they will. I think they'll do whatever it takes to win. John Snyder has basically shown you that all the time. Jason Stark of The Athletic joins us next. Steve Sparks as well. It's Blair and Barker for a Monday on Sportsnet 590 Defense, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. How many Canadians does it take to put a near piece together, Barker? Well, more than one, it looks like. <laughs> Why do you only have the one earpiece? It's weird. No, it's not. That's what, your strong what, ear. What, you can't hear out of your other. No. What do I What's need? What do I need to hear? Do, do I need? What, what do you need? Look two at this. Let me show you. No, well, there's only a select few people that can see me doing it. But if I do that, pick it up. Yeah. How many seconds did that take? No, but it's just it's it's. Huh? What do you need? To, do you need stereo to hear people? You need to hear people in stereo. I need to hear you. When you uh, speak, Jeff. we've got uh, trivia. We have got a trivia question to give away tickets to see. No way I'd get this one. No, not no, a chance. Not a chance in I hell. I don't even think I'd care. Frank, <laughs> frankly, because I tried to, honest to God, the truth is. <laughs> That's a great question. I tried to forget this part of Blue did, Jays history. Did you really? Yeah, I really did. But uh, um, that was maybe. Well, the, at least you're honest. Yeah, I, I was. It was maybe the worst, the worst year and the worst you team I've covered. But it, it was just, it was a horrible. Anyhow, gosh, uh, we'll give the uh, we'll give the tickets away. Who are we giving tickets away to see the Jays and Mariners on April 29th at the Rogers Center? We'll do that uh, after our next guest, Jason Stark, the Athletic, joining us. Mr. Stark, how are you doing today? Jeff, Kevin, I am good. How are you? We're doing well. Tell me, there's no such thing as a sophomore jinx. Uh, I actually don't think there is a sophomore jinx now. You know, I, there's, there's so much information in the game that, you know, the stuff that used to take a year for teams to figure out, it happens in like a week now. Yes. Yeah. That, well, that we were, we were talking about, 
No, we were talking about, uh, especially with uh, with Alec Mano. I guess technically it's not his second year, right? Second full, second full season. Second full season. Yeah, oh, I have a question yeah. for you. Technically, yeah, you have yeah. to be a sophomore to have a sophomore team. <laughs> there you go. Well, there you go. That's that's actually that's a, that's a good that's a very Jason, good point. What are you seeing with Alec from afar? What do you he, see with him? Yeah, you know, I saw him pitch twice in spring in the spring, and I've watched him here and there so far, and it's just some of this stuff just doesn't make sense to me. 15 walks, 16 strikeouts. That's yeah. not, it's not the Alec Manoa that I remember. Um, and I know velocity is about the same. And, I, you know, I saw the quote from John Schneider yesterday saying his stuff was good. But if his stuff's the same, why are the results not close to the same? Um, not throwing his fastball nearly as much, which is hard to understand. There's double the rate of hard contact, which is hard to understand. Slider was a dominating pitch for him last year. At least hitting something like 350 against it this year. The sinker was a great pitch for him. The two seamer uh, leagues hitting 300 against that pitch this year. I mean, the results are telling you that this is a guy who is completely out of whack, despite similar velocity, and it's, it's just strange. Pitch timer and conditioning. You think that would have anything to do with what he's going through? Well, there's a lot of there are a lot of pitchers who are struggling with the pitch timer with men on base because you know what what are the high performance people telling you? The mental skills people they're telling you slow the game down. Yeah, hard to do. You know, it's hard to do when you're not used to doing it. And uh, you know, Alec and Alejandro Kirk have had a lot of issues where you know he he had uh, two. Uh, strikeouts, or I'm sorry, what are they calling them? Sleepwalks mm-hmm. <laughs> this spring, right? Where right. He, lost, he lost track of the clock, and ball four was called, and now he had he's had another one and some some other violation issues this year. And it just tells you that I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's getting in sync with the catcher. I don't know if it's the way innings are building on him, but he's just not in rhythm. And it's it's just this, uh, an odd thing to see for a guy who is he's so confident about who he is and what he thinks he's supposed to do. Uh, so the the Rays' thirteen game winning streak is is over. Uh, ended on that. ended on Friday. Yeah, I thought you might be well aware of that uh, because it is it's in in your wheelhouse. What did we learn about the Rays during that though? You know, like. The old adage is you're never as good as you are when you're winning 13 in a row. You're never as good as, as bad as you are when you're losing 13 in a row, right? But what do you think we learned about about the Rays during that during that streak? Well, it, it, there's, there's been a lot of piling on the Rays, and uh, it just seems to go with the territory with them. The schedule, look, that's definitely a real thing. Uh, they were only the fifth team in the last 25 years to start a season by playing three teams that all lost at least 95 the year before. But, you know, I keep pointing out, they didn't beat those teams. They pummeled those teams. The run differential was 101 to 30. The home run differential was 32 to 6. And so that tells you how good they are, how good they can be. Um, and yet the funny thing is, I saw a lot of that team in spring training. I did not see this coming. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that. I think one of the reasons is that so many of their guys were away, 
at the WBC. But in retrospect, that might have helped them be so ready coming out of the gate. Um, you know, they also have all, their, their team is so young. Almost everybody has played with the pitch timer, which I think is an advantage. Uh, the thing that I don't understand is they were 25th in the big leagues in homers last year, and now they homer every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 36 yeah. home runs. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, they're a team that could win the World Series, but it's never, you never know exactly what to make of two weeks of baseball. Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. That's a great point, and i got to ask you this question. Any worry from you, if, if say you're a Jays fan, Jay, you just mentioned home runs. They're 16th in home runs. I think they've only hit 16 homers. That worry you? Um, I, I love the Jays lineup. I'm really not worried about that ability's line, lineup's ability to find all kinds of different ways to score, which is, I, I think, what they do best. Mm-hmm. I, I, they're, they're, you know, home runs in April are another thing that are really hard to gauge, aren't they? Yeah, you mm-hmm. think so, yeah. It's a good point. I just thought I thought fences are closer at home. You played some games at home. You know, you hit five one day, and then I think they only hit one after that. So it's uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's something to look at. Yeah, you know, I, I I love the park. I think the park will help them. Um, yeah. And I you know I was on MLB Network on Friday, and we were talking about this. I, you know, like that game that they played Friday or Thursday was that that was a game they were built to play. You know, they were uh, – they didn't hit five home runs at home in any game last season and then, and then hit five in the first game mm. at the Rogers Center. Well, that was Tuesday, right? Not Thursday. Mm-hmm. Got my days yeah. mixed up. All right, and then, uh, you know, signed Kevin Kiermeyer with potential home run robberies and defensive impact in mind, and then look what he did. So, I, you know, I do think the team fits the park. I think that they, they'll hit some long balls. But, again, like, they can apply so much pressure up and down the lineup in so many different ways. That, that's a difference maker in the style of baseball that I think we're going to see played this year with these rules. Now, the Jays uh, get a chance to see the defending uh, World Series champion Astros tonight. They'll be in Houston to start a three-game series. The Astros are 7-9 and nine to start the year. Um, you know, no, no Justin Verlander. Uh, you know, just, I, I mean, I can't, they, I think they lost nine, one, but they lost nine, one last night was the final score. That's their first series loss to the Rangers since July, 2018. They just don't look, they don't look like a really, really good team right now, Jason. You know, I still think they'll win that division, Jeff, but they, they've taken a step back. There's no doubt about it. They, you know, they, they're not just missing Justin Verlander. They're missing the Cy Young Award winner who had an ERA under two last year. It's hard to replace that. Um, Luis Garcia, you know, he and Kevin Gosman were the poster boys for you can't use that windup anymore, and Kevin Gosman's adjusted fine. Luis Garcia, not so much, still hasn't won. He's got an ERA almost eight. Uh, he looks really out of sync. Um, I, they, they've just... They've just come back to the pack a little bit, and I think that's what we're seeing. But that's still a really good team that I I would be shocked if they don't figure it out. But now's a good time to play them. Yeah, and I mean, they, they, obviously they don't have Jose Altuve, but you know, just looking at some of the other numbers, Jeremy Pena's off to slow start. I, I, you know, we kind of expect that, and mm-hmm. in, in some ways, Jose Abreu doesn't have any home runs. 
Alec Bregman, though, man, he he's. Uh, I mean, six forty OPS. He honestly, he hasn't looked the same player for the last two and a half years. I don't think. Yeah, I look. Some of it is health related, but I have to admit, I don't know if you guys have read the incredible Evan Drellick book yet. Winning fixes yes. everything, and he's. And- it's eye-opening. And, yes. You know, I don't look at a lot of players now. I don't look at quite the same. Alex Bregman is one of them. I, you know, I, like, I still think he's a really good player, but are we going to see the, uh, the, the pre-cheating scandal version of Alex Bregman? Uh, you know, I want to see it first, mm-hmm. I guess. It may not exist. I mean, to be quite honest. Well, I mean, look, he was the second player picked in the country, and he's a super talented baseball rat kind of guy uh, who, again, I think will figure it out and has had some health stuff. But, um, it, 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 like, it's just something to watch. Mm-hmm. I guess that's how I'd put it. Yeah. Speaking of something to watch, did you see Domingo Herman the other day with the <laughs> sticky stuff? What, what's going on? What, what, what was that? Wow. Okay, let's Did you like Rocco Baldelli's explanation, by the way, when he says, I'm going to be brief, and it timed in at 7 minutes and 53 <laughs> seconds? <laughs> Rocco was awesome. He was so good. Thing. I, I, you know, I got a call yesterday from a guy who's worked in baseball a long time to ask me about that situation because he knew that I was the the writer who broke the sticky stuff, cracked the right. story this spring, right? And he told me, I, like, they're spinning this. I am flat out not buying that spin, and I, I am dubious, too. Um, starting pitchers used to get inspected after all the even-numbered innings, right? Mm-hmm. Second, fourth, sixth. He got inspected after the third inning and then again before the fourth inning, and that's a red flag in and of itself. Uh, after the third inning, big inspection, asked to wash his hands, comes out, and they still find rosin on his hand. And his explanation is, oh, that's just because I have a rosin bag in the dugout that I use. And my question, and Rocco Bildelli's question is, why is that exactly? There's a very attractive rosin bag out on the mound. You know, it's never uses that. So I feel like the Twins had a right to ask, what is he mixing with that rosin, because the rules say it can only be sweat, right? Yeah. And water. Like, Kevin, do you have? Do you recall pitchers having a rosin bag in the dugout? No, absolutely Never, not. Right? No. Too much to think about doing that, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. So that's the other thing. I, you know, like MLB made these changes um, and empowered umpires to be as aggressive in enforcing this stuff this year as they feel they need to be. So, you know, I don't know whether they should have ejected or whatever, but I'm not sure why they didn't inspect that rosin bag in the dugout or confiscate it. Um, Because here's the other thing. I I know that the league made these changes in it. It felt like it needed to address sticky stuff based on clear data that told them something was up since the first big crackdown in 2021. Spin rates and movement has crept back up. Players told me this spring that one of the things they do in-game is they look at the data on the other team's pitchers, mm-hmm. and when there's a, a weird differential between what they used to see and what they're seeing in a given game, you know, it, just, it, it, it shows up on their radar screen. And this guy, Herman, he suddenly had massive upticks in movement, and I don't know how that's explained either. So I, I guess I'm, what I'm saying is if I had Rocco's job, I would have gotten tossed too. What about you guys? 
Oh, no yeah, without, without question. I, I, and I'll tell you what, if I'm the Minnesota Twins, I'm really keeping an eye on on how my pitchers are handled in the future because there, there could be a little bit of what a boat is in here. I can't believe would say go wash it off. That, 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 if that doesn't throw a red flag in, in the air, what would? Go wash it off? Really? Wash what off? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Okay. What exactly yeah. do you need to, to wash off? Um, right. If it's just rosin, why do you have to ro- wash it off? Rosin is legal. Rosin and sweat are legal. Rosin and water are legal. So it's, as you guys know, it's not the rosin. It's it's combining rosin with something else. Right. And pitchers are doing this. And if if he was not doing that, why do you have to wash it off? You wouldn't. What do you think the level of concern is in St. Louis right now with the Cardinals? I mean, we we know the whole thing with Ollie Marmol and 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 uh, and O'Neill. Uh, what they're seven and I mean it's early, but they're seven and nine. You get the sense, at least from reading, you know, reading the media out there and just the chatter that uh, there seems to be Jason some stresses in that organization right now. Do they? And somebody pointed out to me in spring training, they may have too many guys in one position. Like, it's nice to say we're going to make it work. It's another thing to make it work when you got, what, four or five outfielders. Yeah, you know, it's it's really funny that you brought that up, Jeff, because I, I had that conversation with Ali Marmol this spring, you know, just watching Jordan Walker. He's an incredible talent and an incredible specimen just walking around a field. He's a tight end playing baseball. and But he, he's hardly, you know, like, he hasn't played a lot of minor league baseball. They're bumping him up straight from Double A, and you know, looking at the at the other outfitters on their team, I said to Ali Marmol, in some ways, if Jordan Walker makes your team, isn't that a problem? And he looked at me and he said, "For who?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know he meant for the other teams, but I I, I do think to to some extent. It's also a problem for him because, like, I think Lars Nootbaar is a hell of a player, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I mean, I know he hasn't. Again, he hasn't been fully healthy, but it's hard to find playing time for him. Dylan Carlson's a talented guy. It's hard to find playing time for him now. And um, with all that, with all of their offensive talent, all those outfielders. And Goldschmidt and Arenado and Wilson Contreras, their big signing, they can't score, right? They have not. They have not done it offensively. Nolan Gorman has been their best offensive player, which they totally did not see coming. And that those aren't even supposed to be their questions. Uh, you know, the, the state of their rotation, in particular, is supposed to be their biggest question, and and really probably is over the long haul. Um, so. There, there's a lot to try to sort out with that team. I don't think their division's very good. Um, I'm surprised. Um, I was actually surprised today to look at them and realize they're only seven and nine. It felt like they were worse. Yeah, um, that's true. So, so they're, like, they're salvageable, but there's definitely some stuff going on there for sure. Yeah, Jason, is there a team in baseball that you were not looking at that after 16 games that you may pay you a little bit more attention to? Maybe like the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks was going to be my team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cubs, you know, maybe. I, I knew. Like, didn't we think they'd be a fun team? They're a fun team. Yes, yeah, they are. But, think so, yeah, but they might be a playoff team. Um, 
you know, they're they're doing more to exploit these rules than any team in the game. I think they're they're super aggressive. You can't throw them out there. They're 18 for 19, 19 for 20, something like that, stealing bases. And the, the um, they're, they're, they apply pressure in in so many ways every game. And Corbin Carroll has already become one of my favorite players to watch in the whole sport. He's a riot. Um, he really yeah, is. Yeah, man. Mm. He, 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 he is just much must watch. Um, uh, Zach Gallon's one of the most underrated pitchers in the game. Um, they got stuff to figure out too and their staff, but that's a team on the rise that could sneak into contention for sure. Yeah. Jason, we're going to let you run. Really good to awesome. do this, my friend. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jason. Hey, I love talking to you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. It's Jason Stark of the athletic. Yeah. It's, uh, I caught a bit of them. I've caught a, I've got drips and drabs of the diamondbacks. Amy's the, the MLB package. Yeah, yeah. They are fun. And he is, yeah. He, he is, he is, he's something else. You give like, it, he really is. They've given up more runs than they've scored. That, that's never a good thing. You know, I, again, the Dodgers, I think, have, have, I don't think the Dodgers are as, as good a team as we may have thought they were. No, I think they're going right. to take a little bit of a step back. But you can, that if you're the Dodgers, them. you can take a colossal step you, back and still make the playoffs. No, but no question, just right? because you're in the NL West. But I, I think that opens the door for, for the Diamondbacks to be competitive. I mean that that would help tremendously, right? Because I I know the yep. Dodgers just beat up on the Diamondbacks. So and and the thirteen games only playing the Do- mm-hmm. the Dodgers for thirteen games that'll help. Only playing the Padres for thirteen games that'll help. You know you'll get outside your division. You may play some lesser teams, which will help you a little bit too. I don't know what to think. They're sort of like the Orioles. How do, do you, how much how much do you really put stock into them? Like are they legitimately going to be there in September? For me, the answer is no to that. So, are they fun? Yeah, they're more fun than they're going to be last give, year. Are they going to Are they going to lose a hundred games? No, I give I the Orioles. So. I give the Orioles a better chance than than the Diamondbacks of being there. You in say September. the Diamondbacks be three games above five hundred, you'd be shocked. Same with the Orioles. That's my point. They're not going to lose a hundred games this year. Which which your fans now all of a sudden will want to tune in because you have some players that can do some things. They're running all over the yard. You know, if they can ever find some pitching, they're sort of like the Orioles when it comes to pitching. Like you're you're heavy in some in some spots, and you basically have nothing in some other spots, which never helps. Uh, we're giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here on Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. And again, if you do uh, subscribe to our podcast, please rate and review it. Give Be Mr. nice to Jeff. Give Mr. Barker five. I don't really care. Give Mr. Barker five stars. It, you means, care. it means a lot to him. You care. You are number one, yeah. Jeff. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 59590. Friday's question and answer was, I got this. Name the two pitchers who hold the Mariners' single-season record with 14 complete games. Actually, I lied. I got one that was Mark Langston in 1987. You got Mike it. Mike Moore in 1985. It. I had, yeah, but the Langston one was like that. Yeah, yeah. Mike Moore, I had to think about a bit. Today's question. Read it slower because it's this one. Yeah, th- this one. Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Mariners down at the Rogers Center on April 29th. <sighs> Who wrote this? Bafo. He hates you. <laughs> no, no, I no because there's. I, I read it twice. There is literally no other. I'm giving you credit. There's no other way you could write this to get the point across. Mm. 
I still don't understand it, but it's a good attempt. Um, this former Mariner and Blue Jay retired after two, after the 2012 season. That was just one of the anyhow. That was horrible. Oh, God. This former Mariner and Blue Jay retired after the 2012 season and was the last position player born in the 1960s as well as the last to play in the 1980s to retire. So, again, this dude was born in the 60s, played in the 80s, retired. The last position player. That's the key. Not pitcher. The last position player born in the 1960s as well as the last to play in the 1980s to retire. Former Mariner, and this is the tricky part, former Mariner and Blue Jay. He retired after the 2012 season and was the last position player born in the 1960s as well as the last to play in the 1980s to retire. Boffo, you are, this is like cruel and unusual punish, mm-hmm. punishment. Because I, I God's the honest truth, you're gonna get. God's yeah. honest truth, I forgot he started as a Mariner. I knew he did, quit you, his... did you like him? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, too many people did. Huh? They are? Okay. Okay, good. No, I did not. The... the, the, the now, see, if I go off, people are going to... Just don't. Just I say won't. no. Leave it at that. But this, this sticks in my craw because everybody's like, oh, he's a good guy. He was a good teammate. He's the worst teammate I've ever seen on the Blue Jays. The dude would literally, going off. I told literally, you no, he would literally, they <laughs> brought him in to be a quote unquote leader and a veteran presence. Uh, and he would not show up in the clubhouse until 10 minutes before. He was, anyhow, I'm not going to get going. Anyhow, there you go. Text the answer to 590-590 if you're shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. I just, it, it was, you know when you, when you, well, you didn't cover a guy. Put a lot of you know when you, this. but you know when you've met somebody who, this, this dude was just a colossal, colossal disappointment. Was he? Yes. Just as a, on every level. You, you. Needless to say, I did not vote for him for the Baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> Who did? He's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's Played true. like 40 I, years I in baseball. One. I wasn't the only one. Steve Sparks, the old knuckleball. Way to not go off on it. He's <laughs> <laughs> a Houston Astros radio broadcaster. Yeah. The Astros, they are 7-9. and nine. They're scuffling a bit. And uh, they will entertain the Jays in the first of a three-game series tonight at Minute Maid Park. Steve Sparks joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360. Hello, Mom. And wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Eight ten will be the first pitch tonight. The Jays and Astros open a three-game series in Houston. Then it's off to the Bronx. Then it's home to face the White Sox. What can go wrong? And then the Mariners. And you got faith in one starting pitcher right now. No, no, no. Garrios is back, baby. On a scale of one to ten, four. 
What's your confidence? What's your confidence level Four in burritos? And Four and a half. Four and a half? What's your confidence level in Kikuchi? Seven. Ooh, seven? Yeah, going into it. It's not like I wow. thought he was going to go eight innings every time. He'll, he's seven. A, he's a five-inning guy two times through. Seven. Uh, my confidence level in Five K- innings, two times through guy. My confidence level in Kikuchi is 5.75. <laughs> That's my, his ERA? <laughs> he wishes. No, it is close. My confidence level in Brios is 5.5. There you go. Hmm. The Houston Astros are seven and nine going into this series, and uh, what are they? Seven and nine. <laughs> and we talked about um, well, I mean, putting it in perspective, <clears throat> they were seven and nine last year. We know how that ended, right? As a matter of fact, they ended up going on fourteen and one, two, three. They ended up going on a fifteen and three. 15 and 2 run after starting out 7 and 9 last year. Now, it's not the same team this year obviously. Um they lost 9 to 1 yesterday to the uh yeah. to the to the Texas Bra- Rangers. Bregman's not been good and they got five losses Bregman's from the pen. Bregman's not been good. They got five losses from the pen. Yeah. Um got some things yeah. to clean up. They do. They're a good team. And this is now you don't want to talk about difficult parts of the schedule. They've got three with the Jays. Then they have a six-game roadie, three at Atlanta, three in Tampa. So, you know, this is the balanced schedule coming into play a little bit here, right, early in the year. Um, Last year, the Jays went 35, or the Astros went 35 and 20 against postseason teams in the regular season. The only two teams that had a winning record against the Astros last year that were eventually playoff teams? Braves. Jays, Braves. Jays were 2-4 and four huh. against them last year. Let's bring in Steve Sparks, Astros radio analyst, on. Uh, he joins us in Blair and Barker. Steve, thanks thanks so much for joining us. Uh, so 7-9, and nine, same as they were last year. We all know what happened. A 15-2 run. They go on to win the World Series. Ho-hum. What's the, is, is there a difference between this 7-9 and nine and last year's 7-9 and nine start? You know, I think so. You know, I'll preface that by saying my confidence level in Kevin Barker is about a 5.25. I appreciate there you that. Go. I pre- it's that gone means, up. That means a lot. I appreciate it. Yes. I'll you got it. it. That, might, that may be shooting a little high. Oh. oh. oh that, uh, well, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. I'll still on. take what? it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Confidence level, you don't have Justin Verlander anymore. You don't have the headliner. And everybody else has to slot up uh, one. Not that they're not capable, but... What I'm seeing right now is a little bit of difference in stuff. And we, we wonder about this quite a bit because the Astros have gone so deep into the playoffs so many years in a row now. When is that lack of recovery time going to start mm-hmm. catching up? Great point. Yep. And I think, I, think, I think it's caught up a little bit this year because three of their five starters had to ramp up early for the WBC. And in two of them in particular, and you'll see one of them tonight, he's a tick below what he usually is. And if I tick below, I'm not just saying velocity. I'm saying hand speed where you get that same type of ride on all your pitches and, and the depth on all your pitches that you're used to seeing. And, you know, you guys are, are seeing that with Manoa, I think, right now. You see a little bit of deceleration. 
because there might be a little bit of doubt in his delivery right now. How much confidence do you have in Alex Bregman to turn this thing around? Buck 94, seven RBIs. I mean, again, it's early, but you sort of seen a theme here with him, right? You talk about the slow hands. That's sort of what you see. Maybe velocity cheating, you know, he'll chase occasionally. What do you see from him? I see him in between. I see the same thing with Jose Abreu. Late on the fastball, uh, ahead of the breaking ball. When Bregman's going well, he's getting the ball in the air to the pull side. And, and right now you're seeing some rollover and some pop-ups to the right side. So he's a tinkerer. You know, I've, I've never been or seen anybody tinker with their mechanics as much as Bregman. But I'll say this, when he locks in, he can carry you for about six weeks. Uh what, what, when you look at this bullpen uh, in, in particular, is there, is this, again, does this just sort of get back to the, you know, they've logged a lot of innings. I mean, they've, they've pitched in a lot of pressurized situations. Uh, you know, I, it, like, I, again, I know they were seven and nine last year, but I was just looking, doing some of the numbers when you're talking, and it, 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 it does seem from a distance as if there might be a few more instances here of, you know, where you'd, you'd really be concerned about guys, I wouldn't say having lost it, but but guys who are, you may not have full confidence in them getting it back, I guess is the way I would put it. I, I think I think what they recognized last year, and Dana Brown, the new GM for the team, was with the Atlanta Braves before, and he recognized this as well. If the Astros were fresher and, and more ready to, to have a deep playoff run because... Nobody threw fewer innings Mm -hmm. than the Astros relievers last year. You know, they went deep. And the reason why they went so deep is because for 80% of the season, and mostly because of Verlander in the rotation, they had a six-man rotation. They had the personnel to do it. But most of it was predicated because Verlander was coming off of two years of inactivity, coming off Tommy John surgery, and they wanted to protect him and give him extra days. And when they did that, they started to realize, you know what, he, he can push, talking about Dusty Baker, he can push a couple of his starters a little deeper into these ball games because they're going to have more recovery time, but he's also going to take a lot of pressure off of his relievers. And we saw it. I mean, they showed up in the, the relieving core, had a 0.83 ERA throughout the postseason. They were fresh as daisies, and they were off to the races. So I think they're trying to replicate that to a degree uh, right now, but Right now, you, you start to look at a, a thinner starting rotation. You know, there's, there's plenty of off days right now that you don't need that six-man rotation. But I think once you get to the middle of May or early June, the plans for the Astros are to, to go six deep. And that's going to coincide with Lance McCullers coming off the IL. And if everybody else is healthy, I think you'll see a six-man rotation uh, to try to get things in, in line for a, a, another push. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because right now I'm just looking at their their relievers inning pitched 54 and two thirds. They're still, you know, the bottom third in in the majors in terms of relievers innings pitched. But you made a great point. We've talked about it a lot, Kevin, in conjunction with the Blue Jays. How if you look at last year's postseason team, Steve, you, you, I, I know you mentioned this. If you look at last year's postseason teams, the the one stat that is common to all of them is their starters logged. Logged a lot of innings, and the relievers were yeah. among the fewest to log relief innings in baseball. Almost one to eight. Yeah, in the reason, there's a big reason for it. You know, you talk about health, and you got to get a little bit lucky to begin with when you're talking about health. But 
I think when you build in a little extra recovery time and you use your eyes and you watch certain pitchers and, you know, if they're not laboring, you can push them another inning. But that just, that just gives you more ammo later on in the season with your relievers and your starters. Everybody else makes everybody better when, you know, you get a Framber Valdez, go 26 starts in a row uh, with quality starts. I mean, that means so much. I mean, just it makes the, the next two or three games much more manageable. And then when you push it all the way into the postseason, you're, you're, you're really strong compared to the other teams. Steve, you think Kyle Tucker has another gear, another gear meaning like a, a 300 total bases, uh, 30 doubles, 30 homers, 100 RBIs, maybe hitting closer to 300. You think he's got that in the tank? I do. And, and there's a couple of reasons why is because he's in the peak of his probably playing career right now, uh, age wise. You know, he continues to get better. He continues to get smarter and learn the pitchers around the league and how they're trying to get him out. And now, without the shift, I mean, there's only one hitter in the major leagues that was hurt by the shift more than him uh, last year, and that was Corey Seager. So I think Tucker's batting average, balls in play, uh, BABIP, all that stuff are going to skyrocket. And then with more times on base, you're going to see more stolen bases. So probably, you know, with good health, I I think – it, it's easy to, to kind of look at him and think that he's a 30-30 guy, but not just a 30-30 guy this year for, for many years. I mean, he's just a very savvy, uh, hits lefties. You know, he had a, a brother play in the major leagues with the Astros, and he was left-handed, and Kyle says all the time, hey, my brother being left-handed is a big reason why I hang in there against tough yeah. lefties. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen wiffle balls come from behind my head <laughs> my whole life, so... Uh, he's got a lot of things going for him. Jeremy Pena, shortstop. Well, if I t- ask you at the end of the year, uh, what will he determine will be a good season for him? What would you say? I think right now he's pressing, you know, coming off the, yeah. the league championship series MVP, the World Series MVP, so much fanfare around him in the offseason. Uh, I think he's pressing right now. So he's gotten off to a rotten start. He's chasing a lot of pitches right now. So, once he's able to just to kind of catch his breath and maybe get on a little run, maybe get lucky to get on that run for a little bit where he can relax and be himself again, I think you're looking at an impactful player. You know, he's the only rookie shortstop ever to win the gold glove. So, you know, you know he's special in that regard, but just a very twitchy athlete. And when you look at the lack of shifts now to have that much range at the shortstop position, those particular shortstops are going to mean more to their teams than the others. Dusty coming off a World Series, he changed. Is he same old Dusty. No, he's the same. He's probably the same as he was when he was 13 <laughs> years old. I mean, yeah. there, there's no more genuine cool guy that we've ever been around. Oh, yeah. And when 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 you tell stories and I tell stories and Dusty Baker tells stories. His are a lot cooler because he's hanging out with Obama and Snoop Dogg, right? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that is true. Hey, I was thinking about Jeremy Pena for a minute. How much of how much of it you think comes from the fact that Jose Altuve is not there and Jose Altuve is hurt, and that's you know that's a big bat missing at the top of that lineup. Yeah, you know he probably put some pressure on himself, and he looked like the most likely candidate to take over for Altuve at the top spot. But at the same time, I think your mindset, and this is why Altuve used to balk at being the leadoff man because he's a free swinger himself. He doesn't want to change. He wants to be himself, but at the same time, he wants to be a team player and get on base. But, you know, 
it takes a while to, to really let that register, I think, for some players. So right now, he's down in the sixth or seventh spot in the order to take a little bit of pressure off himself. I think he's better off not trying to take pitches. He's better off at swinging at better pitches. I'll say that, but he needs to be aggressive like Altuve is. Last question for us. Uh, we are scheduled to see Luis Garcia on Wednesday. Now, he and Kevin Gossman were sort of the two guys in spring training that the, the I guess, the emphasis on the, the Bach rule, uh, those were the two guys that uh, were sort of mm-hmm. ha- had to make major adjustments. Now, Gossman's done a really good job. In fact, I think Kevin Gossman, between that and the pitch clock, it's helped him tremendously. How has Luis Garcia's adjustment gone? Why do you say that's helped Gossman? You know what? It's almost as if less to control. Less to ex- re- yeah, that's the answer. Less to control. The, yeah. the combination of that plus the pitch timer, it almost seems to freed him up in some ways, Kevin. I mean, you, you, you yeah, know, when not, you watch him th- pitch. He's not thinking about it as much. He's, you know, you get it and go. You get it and go. You get it and go. And it's just like a, he's yeah. repeating that over and over and over again. There's less movement. It's helped him a little. Yeah. I'll say the, the reason why Luis Garcia – has not uh, gotten his stride yet this year is because he is thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So Gotham being, being able to simplify things, he's in a rhythm now and he's not thinking about it. And, and you guys know, you know, pitching at that level or playing at that level, you don't want to think about anything but execution, yep. you know, hitting the cat. You want to dumb it down and just say, hit the glove, right? Basically. Yep. And, and when your mechanics are in line, you're not having to think about mechanics. Uh, things fall into place. Right now, I feel like Garcia is still thinking about it. And you can look at one stat. If you go to Baseball Savant at StatCast or whatever you want to look at, you look at the extension right now that he has on his slider. And the reason why I looked it up is because with the naked eye, it just looked to me like he wasn't reaching toward the catcher. He's cutting everything off. And I'll be darned, his slider, his, his extension is just 5 feet 9 inches, which is extremely low for a, for a guy that's six two six foot three. I mean, it needs to be around, you know, at least, you know, close to six and a half feet. So he's really short on that right now. I don't know if it's from his delivery or for there's some doubt in his mechanics right now or what's going on, but he's not reaching out toward home plate and particularly on his slider, which is his bread and butter. Uh, Steve, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much, my friend. Terrific insight as always. Thanks a lot, Steve. You got it, guys. Take care. Take See care. You. Steve Sparks, Astros analyst. That's interesting with Luis Garcia because he was a guy, and of course, you know, sort of the rockabye motion and everything that he yeah, yeah, had. Yeah. He, he and Gossman were the two guys. And I'm dead serious about this. I, I think Kevin Gossman, I think it's helped him. Yeah, I don't think it's hurt. I, I, I think he, he, they were, he was told soon enough. Yeah. That he knew he had to make the adjustment. And let's face it. now it's second nature. His, his adjustment. Major League Baseball did him a favor. His adjustment was minor compared to Garcia's. Like, Garcia yeah, has a, great, a lot that's a, that's of a movement. Great, that's a great point. That extension thing, too, is interesting because I looked that up with Manoa. Manoa actually has more extension now on his pitches than he did last year. Weird. Go figure. Figure. Yeah, yeah, you would think it'd be the, the opposite way because Manoa is not finishing the slider. The slider is non-competitive, means it's not tunneling as long. He's not getting it out front more. But that stat says he is. It has more extensions. Odd. You can read that a couple of different ways, I think. All right, you know what time it is? It is four one it is uh it is four one six four one three three nine five nine. That's time. what time it is? Oh, God. I hate Monday. 
The back well, leg line is open for business. Four one six, four one three, three nine. Just, it just, it, right from the start. Well, I did. You were chapped because four one six, four one three, three nine five nine. Well, I take that. Chapped you bad. That stuff. I take that. That's I mean, seriously. it was good. You did a nice and job. And the internet was I just loading down. Anyhow, don't get me started. 416-413-3959 is the uh, back leg line. That's where you get to ask questions, leave comments for. Why are you laughing? Anything you want for Kevin Barker. Dave in BC. He had some thoughts. Did we get rid of the wrong catcher? <laughs> Maybe keep uh, Moreno, who's come up with the pitch count and the the clocks and all that. A little younger guy. Maybe got rid of uh, Kirk or Jensen. Mm. A older guys have a smaller guy in the uh, mm. pipeline. Yeah, I just wondering. That is. I mean, that's a good one. Go ahead. I, 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 thank you. I'm going to say no to that. I, I think they have who they like. Uh, you know, Dan, Danny Jansen, just look how he handles Barrios and, and Yusei Kikuchi. I like, like the, it's a bigger target. They get the sign quicker. Uh, you know, he's a little bit more of giving it and saying, I gave it. You throw it. And I think that's a big deal. You, look, you had no idea. I don't really know how to answer that in a nice way. But <laughs> I... Do over? Would you rather have Moreno than Kirk? Absolutely not. Okay, I think that's what we're we're trying do to do over. At. Offensively, you still need I I need I need Kirk's offense. We need to start seeing some people running into some things, staying a big part of the field, creating some backs. Who do you think is a better having better at bats when it matters this the most? Is, this is my point entirely. That's all. with the catching situation. A little bit more unknowns with Moreno. <clears throat> well, and I, and I've thought about I've th- I've thought about this, but this is my point entirely with the catching situation. Who gives you a better chance of going to the World Series right now? And here's the thing: you've got to also factor. You you've also got to factor board. Dalton Varsho into that equation. You've so also got to factor Dalton because you can't. Oh, you, you traded for if him. You don't, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Moreno, Kirk, no Varsho. Better opportunity of going to the World Series? Probably not. No. Now, and I know someone's going to say, "Okay, Jeff, you could have traded Moreno for somebody else, perhaps, perhaps." But uh, contract-wise and how old Varsho is made a lot of sense to yes. trade for that. He's left-handed. He's got some thump. You know, he's got some things to learn. And he and he also, he, he's... may have he, been a little unfair to start him off hitting cleanup. Uh, I'll be the first one, and I'll continue to say it. It's a lot of pressure on a kid to, you know, say the Diamondbacks. He, and, and also, the, I mean, the, the defense is... It's second to none. Like, they're, they are going to make teams better. Just think about if the defense wasn't as good in the outfield. They may not have won the... They may not have taken two out of three from the race. Yeah. Let's be honest about it. Uh, Terry in New Brunswick. Terry. Great weekend, two or three. We do two or three all year. We're going to be in great shape. Uh, my question is, how long before what Merrifield has uh, declared the full-time uh, designation? Okay, guys, have a great day. Thanks. Thank you, Bye. Terry. Look, I have... Uh, look. Okay, I'll say this. When they trade one of the other two, that's when he'll be the everyday second baseman. How's that? There you go. I'll say it that way. I don't think they know. They're trying to figure it out. That's why you, you saw Espinal get a couple of days run. You'll see. That- I, I know what's his name had a tummy ache. That's why he didn't play third base. So he got some run that day. Like they're they're trying to figure out ways to get give Bidjo. guys. You should get Bidjo a fair amount in this series, right? Uh, I, I guess. But, I mean, one of them's got to start hitting. 
Whit Merrifield ooze. Ooh, here he's up. Whit Merrifield's up. Like I, they're, well, like they're, no, they're, this, who's, a, who's a better defender? I think Will Espinall's the best defender. Who's a better group. hitter? <laughs> it's not an easy answer, is it? No. No. Look, this is going to. Oh, I don't think they this, know either. This is going to. We don't know. They this don't. will play. Trust me. This will play itself yeah, out. I, I will bet you that John's sitting around going, man, I do hope my GM trades one of them. Oh, I, I don't. So I don't have to figure out how to put all three of them in the lineup. I think there will eventually be a trade of one of them. There has I, to be. I don't think there has to be. Now the question one is, one of the three is not going to be happy. Well, and the question is, what do you get? What do you get for Kevin? If you're going to trade somebody, you probably get more for Espinal. You probably get more for Espinal. And and I I keep getting back this. I I mean, Espinal can play third for me. Can play short for me. I to me, Espinal's. Espinal's got to be – he's got to be in the lineup every but day. he is, too, for his last 28 or whatever it yeah, is. Well, yeah, like but I, then – There has let's, to be – I know. I understand. I tried to – I was one of those guys that tried to come off the bench. The, 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 the reality of it is they don't care. Yeah. They only care about numbers. They, they don't care if you're not playing two days, you come off. They See, want your bats. They want performance. It's the, a performance-driven league. And John continues to say, when you get at bats, you can persuade me one way or the other. But Kevin, He's the, basically saying, I don't care if you don't play every day. The, the Figure it out. The problem with this scenario is the only guy out of those three. Wit. No, let me finish. The only guy out of those three who accepts the fact that he's not going to be playing every day as Kevin, and he's probably the worst player well, of the Well, Kevin's three. just happy. He's a big leaguer. Let's yeah. be honest with you. And, I, and Whit, Merrifield's, a, Whit Merrifield, I think he's playing for a contract. I, 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 they're, they're a better offensive team with Whit Merrifield or Espinal in there or with Kevin Vigil. That's, to me, that's simple. Uh, who's, gonna, who's got a better chance of doing something offensively? It's Espinal and Merrifield. Defensively, there's... a. You know, Espinal is way superior to the other two guys. I mean, guys. it would help and if Varsha starts driving in runs. Brandon Bell starts driving in runs. Kirky has better at bats with runners on base. It would help a lot if those three guys start figuring it out. And now all of a sudden, you can sort of just tinker with your eighth hole hitter and who he, where he's playing. Give him an opportunity to have a little run. Maybe you could do that. If there's three guys in front of him, start doing some things. Let's be honest. Your cleanup hitter can't have four RBIs. Say it any other oh way you want to God, say it. Such a, I'm not. I'm so telling, much wrong with this you, team. You, that you could. You could. You could. Just, I'm gonna throw something at you. You what? could. You can make it easier for your manager if other things start falling in place. What are you gonna you throw something some at me? Oh, I. I thought you're gonna. No, I like my pen. I'm not gonna do that because oh. you can keep it. I thought you meant you were gonna drop some knowledge on me when you said no. throw something at me. Uh-uh. So what are you looking for today? Kevin Gossman, Christian Javier. I, I, I think I know what I'm going to get from Kevin. I want to see some offense. Mm-hmm. I want to see some. You know, that's all we talk about, how good this offense can be. This ballpark? Uh, let's nice see little, it. Let's see it. Like uh, that's This would be a good ballpark to, for a couple of right-handed hitters to bridge somebody, yeah, wouldn't it? I mean, they're a good leather. You, you know, we talk about this lineup a lot. Now, it's I think you're facing a good team. They're down a little, trying to find their way. Don't have some pieces. Some pieces that they do have is not... Gotten off to the best of starts. Back leg city. How about seeing three or four of them? And maybe a couple of them being crooked. Dude standing at second. That'll work. Try that. That is it for us. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk all week long. Mr. Barker and myself will be back tomorrow from 10 to Bring noon Eastern energy, on Jeff. Sportsnet 590. The Sportsnet 360. Uh, Don't you talk to me about it. Drink your milk, your warm milk, and warm cookie. Ah, <laughs> uh, for Mark Lance and Jen. And for Mr. Barker, Jeff Blair, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the baseball. We'll chat after the Jays game and tomorrow.